0: Assalamu alaikum wa When Facebook changed its company name to Meta, it doubled down on its commitment to the future of the internet, the so-called metaverse. But with tech companies laying off thousands of employees and billions of dollars being wiped out in crypto recently, the future is still unclear and preparing for it seems as confusing as ever. What is Web3? And what will it change about how we use the internet? As Muslims, how should we assess the risks and opportunities offered by this new frontier how can we utilize the latest technologies as a means to better serve islam muslims and the world at large today i spoke with sheikh mustafa Omar about muslims in the age of web 3 and the metaverse welcome to a new episode of double take a podcast by yaqeen institute about the questions and ideas around islams and muslims that give us pause remember to subscribe to the show on apple podcasts youtube spotify or wherever you get your favorite podcasts check out the links in the show notes if you want to share feedback with the team or you would like to join our new email newsletter sheikh mustafa is the religious director of the islamic center of irvine and an executive member of the fiq council of north america he was previously the founder and president of california islamic University. He completed a Bachelor's in Theology and Islamic Law in France and a Master's in Islamic Studies from the University of Gloucestershire. Sheikh Mustafa completed the Iftat program at Dar al-Iftat, Birmingham, UK, granting him the title of Mufti or Specialist in Islamic Law. Sheikh Mustafa also has a Bachelor's Degree in Information and Computer Science from UC Irvine. Enjoy the episode. Sheikh Mustafa, assalamu alaikum and welcome to Double Take.
1: Wa assalam. thanks for having me.
0: Sheikh, you know the saying, um, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) I'm sorry to tell you, you're in the wrong room. (laughs) Uh, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because there's a lot to get through about Web3 and Metaverse. Um, Sheikh Mustafa, there's been a lot of hype in the past two years about crypto, NFTs, Metaverse. These things are all related to Web3 and it's been presented as the next phase of the internet. I keep being told that NFTs are like what MS-DOS was in the 1990s. Few people had it, but it's just a moment away from being mainstream. Hmm. But that seems very, very far away at this point. Cryptocurrencies and NFT bubbles seem to have been bursting um, over this last period, or at least plateauing. And Facebook's metaverse isn't necessarily coming along as planned. Um, and And following the latest news has been quite overwhelming me as someone who's a simple guy in sydney not really following every single article about this stuff so to get us started before we get into the context of uh, how muslims should interact with web3 help me understand what web3 is please
1: Sure. So this term, uh, you know, Web3, a lot of people have been talking about it for, you know, at least several years now. So it's basically a way of looking at the evolution of the Internet. Right. So Web 1.0 was basically like static pages where you're just uh, consuming content. Uh, from other people, mostly from big, large corporations. You know, Microsoft had a website and Capcom had a website. And you're basically, you know, just uh, getting information from that website. That was basically Web 1.0, just like static uh, websites. Some people had personal websites. And then Web 2.0, it kind of, you know, the idea of um, how the Internet was primarily being used shifted. And it shifted when it came to like social media, Uh, other people were interacting with content. A lot of people were leaving comments on videos, writing blog posts, there was MySpace, Uh, Facebook came up, all of these things. So now there's a lot more interaction between people rather than just going there to uh, read information. So that was like web 2.0. So what web three is, what makes it different is this idea of uh, a few things. Number one, to make the web, to make the internet more decentralized uh, by using blockchain technology and, and other things like you were mentioning about NFTs. Uh, also kind of contained within it is the usage of artificial intelligence, usage of, you know, machine learning and other things. So, you know, we usually, when we say Web3, we're focusing primarily on decentralization of the internet. Um, and then you can expand that In a very broad fashion and say it's basically what the future of the internet is going to look like you know what are people going to be doing and how they're going to be interacting through the internet it's going to be very different from what it is right now significantly different so what does that look like that's pretty much what web 3.0 is is pretty much referring to so what are like where's web 3.0
0: now like am i interacting with it do i consume web 3.0 at the moment or is this something that's in the distant future
1: so there are services already that are decentralized, right? So there are, um, things that are already utilizing blockchain technology. There are already programs that do not have to be hosted, uh, particularly on a specific server and they're kind of, uh, owned by or controlled by, you know, users, not by major companies like Facebook or, you know, Meta or, you know, uh, Google or something like that. So services like that already exist. Uh, but there's, there, there are very few. And what they're saying is, in the future, uh, there's going to be a lot more of those services. When it comes to artificial intelligence and things like that, yes, you're already utilizing that. So you're utilizing that when you if you use uh, you know your Amazon Alexa or if you use your your Siri to go and you know get results or something like that. That's already being implemented. So that's already people are using that on a regular basis, and that's a very new way of. Uh, it's different from the old artificial intelligence that we're using when we are playing like you know chess against a windows machine or something like that
0: Um, regarding uh, the metaverse how how integrated is that with web3 we hear a lot about meta metaverse Um, is this something i really need to to learn about sorry i'm just trying to get all of these kind of um, uh, explanations through the door just so that we can get into as muslims how we need to interact with this whole new world
1: yeah a lot of people you know they're not that familiar with these terms. some people are some people are not you know so metaverse should not be confused with like multiverse or something like that the idea that there's different you know universes in the meta you know in the in the universe, but metaverse is basically this concept that um you know it's it's a immersive experience of a virtual world and people are you know people can live inside of that world they can have an avatar they're going to have like a persona that they can design and they're going to be interacting with other people they're going to be interacting with uh, products they're going to be you know they're going to be experiencing advertisements that's what the general metaverse is 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 referring to now the concept itself it could actually be there's going to be one metaverse uh, where everyone is going to you know, be part of that metaverse, which not sure if that, how likely that is, but there's going to be different types of metaverses. So in the sense that we're already experiencing these type of virtual worlds, anyone who's seen their children uh, play like Roblox or you know, Minecraft or one of these things, they're kind of interacting in a, a more primitive version of a metaverse where you get an avatar, you kind of walk around, you have settings, you can like live through that. So that's that's what we're talking about when we talk about the metaverse. So the difference is the metaverse is that immersive uh, experience of like virtual reality or augmented reality and this is what companies like Meta, you know, are trying to build. And then you have web 3, which is the decentralization of the internet in general and they're going to try to decentralize uh that uh that that future internet which which is partly going to be the metaverse as well.
0: So Metaverse is part of what uses Web3
1: technology. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? So, you know, if we, if we expand Web3, uh, the defin- it's, it's hard to define what, exactly what it is. If we expand Web3 as much as possible and say it's all the future technologies, then yes we can include the metaverse in that sometimes when people you know you guys got to be careful with with terms you know so sometimes when people are talking about web 3 they're just primarily talking about decentralization of the internet and that that's going to play out depending on uh, which metaverse is made by whom and how it's marketed and whether it's in the control of uh, a monopoly or just a few companies or something like that it's, it's going to make a difference depending on how that pans out
0: so for the purpose of this conversation then, Sheikh, a couple of things. Yeah. Let me just uh, yes. quickly summarize what I understood from those two sure. definitions. So Web3 yeah. is kind of the future internet. It's a decentralization of the internet. So it's new mm-hmm. technologies on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Metaverse is this virtual reality, which is a whole, a whole world um, in the internet, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you why, as a Muslim, I'm interested in this stuff. Uh, first of all just generally i'm interested because i want to adopt new technologies i want to see what's out there and i want to stay kind of i want to keep my finger on the pulse um but as a parent as a muslim parent i I want to stay connected to what my kids are growing up with so my parents weren't really kind of they were speaking a different language technologically and frankly i don't want to be in that same boat i want to know you know, when my kids uh, are on roadblocks, I want to know it. I want to know about it. I want to know kind of the, the challenges that they're facing. I want to talk their language. So for me, frankly, this conversation is about learning the language that my kids are going to grow up in. And I want to get ahead of it before it's, it's too late. Um, yeah. So it's almost like for me a responsibility to learn these things as opposed to just, you know, keeping up with, uh, with technology.
1: That's a good. That's a good intention, and that's something that's that's very wise. You know, I would just encourage all Muslim parents to have that same mindset because that's extremely important. Because what happened is, you know, in my generation, people were very averse to technology. They would be like, "Oh, you know, this is, you know, this is not going to go anywhere." And I heard so many times from family members, "You know, internet's not going to go anywhere. This is just a fad," and and so many things like that. And then later on, they they realize they're way behind. Uh, not understanding what I'm doing, what my friends are doing. And now, you know, their grandchildren, too, they they just really try to play catch up. uh, And the world has changed. And if you don't understand the world, you can't provide correct guidance. You can't relate to people. So we really do need to understand what's happening, uh, especially on a massive scale.
0: Great. So... Help me understand then, Sheikh, um, you have an Islamic background, you also have a technology background, um, and you're well versed in this space. So what are the opportunities on the horizon um, for the next phase of the Internet for us as Muslims? So if I wanted to use and get involved in this Web3 space, what are the opportunities for me?
1: I mean, the opportunities are, are un- unlimited if you think about what we can do with the new technology. So if you just look at what, what technology has done, you know, we're able to have a video conference here and we're able to, you know, record this podcast. I don't have to fly all the way out to Australia, uh, you know, and we're still doing this, you know. So that's that's a huge blessing. You're more than welcome. Yeah, I, I'd love to. I'd love to be someday, inshallah. But uh, it makes things more convenient and Uh, we can actually have this interaction. So the same thing is going to happen is that, you know, the the possibilities are are really endless. I'll I'll give you a few examples, right? So like imagine, you know, one of the biggest complaints of online classes, and it's one of my complaints that I have, you know, with students who are sitting there online, is that they're not going to get the same connection, you know, with the sheikh or with the teacher or something like that, because it's not the same on a screen, Versus someone, you know, actually being there in person. So a lot of the uh, the emotion, the feeling, the potential for terbiya and like really uh, imbibing, you know, uh, connecting with your teacher, it, it, it's missing. What's going to happen is with this uh, virtual reality, with augmented reality, with these immersive classes, you're going to be able to attend a class. And the class that you're attending, you know, you could potentially, you know, everyone can be in the first row, you're going to be right next to your teacher, and you're going to be able to feel their, the sensations, the little movement of their head or the nodding or way the way they open their eyes, the way they're talking to you, and they can see you in in exactly the same way. So a lot of the complaints, a lot of the problems that come with, you know, remote based learning, is actually going to be improved significantly. Uh, some of the negative effects of not being in person, they're going to be significantly improved because you can have that immersive experience. So you can get that level of tarbiyah. You're going have immersive classes. You know, you can have some things like, you can just imagine some things you may want, some things you may not want. But, you know, one of my friends, we were, we were talking, we're like, you know, imagine if you walk into the masjid and all of a sudden they do a scan and they're like, you know, welcome Mustafa. You know, you, welcome back to the masjid. Uh, you've performed, uh, you know, 14 prayers this week at the masjid. You know, good job. You had a target set and it it can basically, you know, scan everything that you're doing. So there could be like a facial scan. Uh, There's going to be virtual experiences of people going and visiting different, you know, historical sites. You're like, you know, I always wanted to know what what Mecca and Medina look like during the time of the Prophet So you're going to walk around and you would be like, these are the type of homes that they lived in. You can can walk around and have that experience, right? You can, uh, you know, have artificial intelligence, you know, correcting your tajweed when you're reciting Quran. There's already, you know, there's an app for that. Like, I think it's called Tartir. Uh, You can recite. It'll take you to the place. It can correct your tajweed. So, I mean, with this technology, we can do a lot of things that is gonna really help our lives as Muslims, to improve our lives as Muslims, to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to develop a stronger community. Um, so there's just, there's just infinite ways of, of how we can utilize this technology for good.
0: You know, subhanAllah, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. It really is. Um, and I do feel like unlike many other technologies, this whole virtual space can, can be embraced. Um, it's a positive thing, especially for remote learning. I see that. Um, but when I talk about new technologies, the one thing I can, and, and Muslims, one thing that keeps coming to mind is a very famous sheikh in the 90s coming on, on the mimba, uh, very, very famous, saying that um, satellite TV is haram. Mm. And, um, and basically warning everyone against satellite TV. Now, you know, fast forward Ten years or so, the Sheikh has lessons on um, satellite TV, mm. but the thing for me is I see where he's coming from like there are more questions than there are answers about this whole new world, and it seems to me like just like you could use it for good, clearly there'll be so many more doors of evil, many more to shaitan on the horizon mm. so with that in mind, what would you say are the risks of this new world of Web3 for Muslims specifically?
1: Yeah, so I mean, there's definitely uh, several risks, and if we're saying specifically for Muslims, I mean, one of the problems that, whatever affects the non-Muslim society, the society in general, is going to affect Muslims as well, right? So this is these are general harms, but if we just, we're saying, okay, well, some things Muslims are not as prone to, hopefully, Uh, There's some things which are there across the, across the board. So one of the biggest things that I think I'm very concerned about is people preferring this artificial life and this escapism that's, that's always been there, but it's going to be enhanced, you know? So since the introduction of, you know, novels, people were reading books that would get lost in a book, uh, since they had headphones introduced, people would sit there and like be, you know, listening to music all day and they don't want to, uh, Talk to people. Yeah, you know, I went through a phase in my own life like that. Like, don't I'd rather just have like background noise, listening to a song than interacting with other people. Uh, there's going to be, um, you know, people get stuck in video games. You know, even even the old like original Nintendo system. You know, people would get addicted to that. They wouldn't want to leave that. You know, playing that game. Same thing with movie theaters and all that. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a greater uh, desire for getting stuck in that world. You 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 won't you won't want to come back to reality as much when you can just remain in that virtual world. So if you're in the metaverse and you look so cool and your avatar is looking awesome and uh, you don't have to worry about actually you know doing your hair or anything like that, you can you know talk to people. Getting stuck in there, I think, is one of the one of the biggest concerns that we should have is Muslims, because when we lose real life interaction and we lose the desire of wanting to be in this dunya that Allah has placed you know, us in to test us, but then we want to escape and live in an alternative reality, that's going to definitely affect our, our real reality when we do have to return back to life. You know, so that's- How
0: does it affect us? I mean,
1: how, how, how would it affect that real reality? one it's it's going to make so it's going to make everything seem boring and and that's and that's part of the problem we're already experiencing today you know people are people are you know they're seeing like the the either short clips they're losing their attention span you know so like nowadays if you just compared to 15 years ago it's people can't sit through a a thirty minute class, let alone an hour class. You know, so they're they get bored because they're used to seeing YouTube shorts, they're used to reading something very small, you know, short on Twitter, they're used to seeing a very short uh, uh, TikTok clip, and now their mind just can't, it can't focus anymore. So you you speak, you know, the khutbah is like twenty minutes, it's like too long, so like, you know, I'm zoning out. So what's gonna happen is that that's already there. But this is going to make it worse. It's going to exacerbate the situation even more because when you're in an immersive reality now, uh, the, the physical effects and the psychological effects that we're already seeing from our current technology is going to be enhanced even more. So... There's going to be that desire for not returning to reality It's going to be that difficulty focusing on, uh, you know, paying attention to anything. It's going to be difficulty with social interaction. You're used to interacting with people socially. You're used to seeing them in their avatar. And then now you're like, oh, man, you know, I could interact with your avatar. But interacting with like you, the way that you actually look and, you know, the way in which you're behaving, that's just uh, it's all it, it's a challenge. And now it's going to be difficult for people to really, you know, interact with each other and, and hold conversations or something like that. And, you know, I think that's all of that's going to be exacerbated. So those are, you know, that's one of the, one of the harms, you know, there's... Yeah, I, would, I want to hear more of them, please,
0: because for me, we need to know these things. Like, and, and yeah. this is on the horizon. You mentioned that um, we're already using some of these technologies. I, I do have a feeling that this is going to come much quicker than we anticipated.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah for sure you know uh, the other thing is going to be privacy Uh, privacy and security risks basically you know the more information the a, a company or somebody knows about you the more services you sign up for, it's gonna know everything from, you know, your um, your style of speaking, your voice, the type of language that you use. It's gonna know everything about your personal data, your preferences, uh, your preference of even what you look at. So now it's like there's some some data is some level of data is not being captured. You know, so every time you you drive somewhere. If I drive to work, you know. The data is already captured that they know I go to work at this time, I stay this long. And when I search on Yelp, these are the type of restaurants that I look for. But the amount of data that, you know, people are going to have on us now, it's going to be able to, you know, predict the smallest little things. What kind of things do you look at? How many seconds do you stare at that, you know, thing, you know, in the virtual world? Uh, What kind of people do you, you know, like interacting with? Uh, what kind of avatars are you, you know, uh, interested in, you know, or attracted to, or you know, want to interact with, or whatever it is. So all that data and that privacy is definitely gonna be another concern uh, that we're, you know, we're gonna have. So I, I, think these are probably the two biggest concerns, and then you got your, your typical concerns about, you know, regulating, you know, free speech. What are you allowed to say? Uh, you're gonna another like, you know, every again, everything's gonna be enhanced. So you have like a cyber bullying taking place today, you know, so if someone comes and, you know, posts a comment uh, on your, on your social media and says like, you know, why don't you go kill yourself or you're this or you're ugly or something like that. That's That affects some people to a very great extent right now. Now imagine if you have a virtual bully coming up to you and doing the same thing in a completely immersive experience.
0: Yeah. That's decentralized with, with no rules and, yeah, I mean, it's
1: scary. Exactly. So the enhancement is there and then it's decentralized. You're supposed to have some rules. You're supposed to have some level of limitation, right? Uh, it's debatable to what extent. So that's, that's uh, definitely another one of the concerns that we have to be careful about.
0: So um, what would you say spiritually is the biggest risk on the horizon? because I, I want to protect my, my relationship with Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala, and I see the, the value of Web3, okay, remote learning, I can sit down, there's a sheikh um, wherever in the world and he's teaching me Qur'an. I do that now actually, um, just on Zoom. But, uh, but I, I can see this being even better, you know, maybe having a class and it's, I can mm-hmm. see it. But what would you say are the risks of really going two feet into this whole space? Um, what are the risks on my spirituality?
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest risks are uh, there's going to be overstimulus, overstimulation, and uh, when you have overstimulation, it's going to result in a lot of boredom in real life. And when you have boredom in real life, you can't focus in your prayer, you can't try to connect to Allah, you can't, you don't even have time uh, to focus on the your purpose in life. You know why Allah created you. So uh, that that's one of my biggest concerns is that you know overstimulation is going to re it's already destroying people they're getting addicted and and it's uh, affecting everything that they do in the real world uh it's just going to be enhanced so that's one uh another one is um there's going to be dumbed down content basically so when when and that's kind of already happening right so when people you know can't when people don't read books anymore, when people can't have an intellectual discussion anymore, they're constantly being entertained all the time. You, basically, you can only consume information or knowledge as infotainment. And what's going to happen is the speeches or, you know, the lectures, the classes, the tuskia lessons, everything that we need in our life, especially at the level of, you know, culture and whatever education we may have, we need to offset that with a, a proper doses of spirituality, of uh, intellectual, religious discussions, and things like that, it's all going to just become dumbed down because we're so addicted to entertainment. We're so addicted to, um, you know, just content that is not of a serious nature, and that's that's another concern that I have. Uh, in addition to that, we're going to have information overload, So there's just we already have that too. It's just going to become more. So just so much information that you go out and you know uh, there's going to be virtual uh, you know muftis that are set up and you can go and ask him for a fatwa and you know it'll automatically you know respond with the you know an AI technology. But but the problem is this: the problem is whoever develops the best AI technology is going to get the most you know, queries, the most uh, people asking for fatwas, for example, or asking for religious guidance. is exactly what the problem is, we say like Sheikh Google, right? It's like, you know, you put in, you know, is this halal or is this haram? And Google's search results based upon uh, whoever put the most code in the back end, you know, whatever's going to come up to the front doesn't necessarily make it the best or the most authentic or the, the most appropriate answer for you. So the same thing is going to happen when it comes to that information overload. There's going to be scholarly anarchy. Uh, there's going to be, you know, more celebrity culture, uh, and, you know, celebrity culture, I think is it's almost like a new type of idol worship that people are getting addicted to. And, and it's, uh, it's it's very dangerous, and I think it's going to become more enhanced as well. So that's something that you know, I was just talking to my friend this morning about. That you know, sometimes a celebrity that you care very much for, if they do something wrong or they slip or something, it's affecting your iman. I mean, there's statistics that show that you you follow the life of someone in so much detail, and then if they do something that you don't approve of or you don't like, it affects your own personal life, and it's it's not supposed to happen like that, right? So I think that's going to become become worse and then um and, and obviously the biggest one is uh you know pornography the the access and the effect of pornography is it's it's already horrendous it's going to become even more and that's going to spill over into people's marriage relationships it's going to spill over into people's ability to ever get married or have a functional marriage or have a you know a, a proper romantic life or something like that so that that's going to become a massive addiction uh, and it's going to definitely have societal effects so
0: um sheikh i told you the the intention here for me was to learn the language that my kids are going to grow up um, uh, speaking uh, effectively mm-hmm. so what would you say now end of 2022 beginning of 2023 what would you say I need to know about web three, like, what do I, what do I need to know? What do I need to learn, um, Mm -hmm. to make sure that I've got my finger on the
1: pulse? Okay. So I think you need to know, um, what virtual reality, uh, is the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality. So there's VR and there's AR. And what virtual reality basically is, is you know, you're know, you gonna be wearing like a headset and you're gonna be experiencing a, a virtual world in front of you with sound and sight and all of that. You know, augmented reality is basically where you have an overlay of some type of technology on the real world. So kind of like if you have one of those filters you know, on, on Snapchat or something like that, you have a real person, but there's an overlay of, of information. So what's going to happen is, uh, these two terms are, are going to become very prominent, you know, prevalent. So you need to know about that. You need to know about some of the big companies that are investing like Meta, uh, you know, which was previously Facebook. They changed the name because they're investing so much in the metaverse, uh, in the concept of the metaverse. They're putting billions of dollars because they believe that this is going to be like the, the next, the future of, you know, usage of technology. So you need to know that as well. Uh, and, um this is more of the term, terms that you need to know, I would say uh, the companies, the terms i th- I think that's you know that's among the main the main things that you would need to know to be able to connect with people. So uh, basically, you know, you need to know about the, the big gaming companies, uh, that are, they're going to be producing new games. And, you know, there's a Star Wars immersive experience where you have like two lightsabers in a virtual reality and you're, you're cutting different things. So as soon as the technology improves, uh, you're going to find that more and more virtual worlds start opening up. And uh, people are going to be living in those virtual worlds. They're going to have meetings with their friends and with other people in those virtual worlds. So I think whoever markets the technology better, whoever develops it such that you actually have, um, you know, a nicer looking avatar or you have more customization or something like that, that's going to catch on. So so I, I guess I guess that's what you should be aware of for now.
0: And um, you've alluded to kind of this uh, this need to offset This whole world with like real life knowledge and real life kind of spiritual activities. What would you say are the two or three guardrails that I need to put up now as a Muslim with regards to this space?
1: Right. So I I would say I would say the the first thing is you should look into a professor by the name of Cal Newport. And uh, he has a He's a professor at Georgetown University. Um, he is someone who's written a few books. They're really good books. One of them is called uh, Digital Minimalism. Another one is called The World Without Email. Another one is called Deep Work. Um, Does he have a
0: YouTube Shorts channel?
1: <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but he definitely has a blog. So he has a blog and he has some okay. really good stuff yeah but but i can I can tell you that um he's in the computer science department, I think, and he's been talking about the harms of technology while not saying that we need to boycott technology and that that's really that's really my my thing I think there's some people that are just like no to all technology we're gonna you know live in the forest and we're just gonna avoid all of these things and there's other people who are like all technologys great, it's gonna make the world a better place and i I think th- there's a balance to be had right we should embrace this technology. But we should also understand there's a healthy way to use technology and most of the problems that are resulting today from the use of technology and same thing that's going to happen in the future with new technology is there's a there's an unhealthy way to use it right and that's really what the core part of the problem is so what people need to do is they need to learn how And when and how often to disconnect from that technology, they need to know how to regulate themselves and say, I'm going to use this virtual reality headset for 30 minutes in a certain space, using certain software with the installed uh, filter to make sure I'm not looking at any, you know, nude avatars that come my way. There's going to be some software that's going to be, you know, put out there. So we need to know about content filtering that's extremely important so content filtering basically means that stuff that you don't want to experience and you don't want to see uh, whether on the internet or whether in you know in the multi in the metaverse uh, you install a content filter which will prevent you know block ups and pop-ups and and stuff that you shouldn't be seeing in rooms that you can't go to so that's extremely extremely important Uh, the other one is having this idea of uh, digital some people call it digital detox, but more it's like digital, um, I'd say digital minimalism is, is a good usage, basically, to, to have certain times where you use this technology and you don't allow it to consume your life in a way that is going to have the negative uh, psycho-physical effects that I was you know, talking about or alluding to earlier.
0: Perfect. Sheikh, has been It's been really good. A um, couple of last questions. What's the future of the internet look like to you as a sheikh, as a Muslim, as someone who has his finger on the pulse?
1: Hmm. Yes, I mean, the future of the internet is going to be a highly connected uh, highly connected world where you can interact with people on a, a very deep level. And it's going to be, to some extent, uh, decentralized. Uh, unregulated and uh, there's going to be a lot of information that's going to make our life very easy but there's going to be some challenges that we need to adapt to using that technology in the right way
0: and uh, and sheikh if my nine-year-old niece came to you and asked you to explain the Mm. future of the internet Mm. and web 3 in less than 30 seconds in very very basic terms what would you say to her?
1: So i'd say basically you know with vr and ar you know you're going to be able to wake up in the morning and you can have breakfast with your friends on a remote island Uh, you're going to be able to smell the beach and you can feel the wind Uh, then you're going to go to a virtual school perhaps everyone feels like they're sitting right in front of the teacher um when you instead of going on yelp you know for restaurants that you look at you're going to be in a mall and you're gonna look at a store and it's gonna start giving you all the data of your favorite menu items for each restaurant that you look at. When you glance at the clothing store, it's gonna tell you what kind of clothes you know you need and what kind of clothes you'd be interested in. And uh, you know, walking back to your car, it's gonna tell you if it's low on charge. It's gonna, t- you look at your friend, it's gonna tell you your friend's name. So basically VR and AR, I think are really gonna be a core part of uh, our everyday life, and that's what the internet's going to be looking
0: like. Zakallah <laughs> Khair. Sheikh, kind of makes me want to kind of stay under the duna, but uh, <laughs> but very, very informative. Um, okay. We're going to switch gears to rapid fire. I wonder what sure. rapid fire is going to look like in, in the metaverse, inshallah, one day, um, and double take for that matter. So, yeah. a couple of quick questions. You're only going to have a few seconds to answer each one. If you okay. want to pass, you can pass, but you can only do it twice. First one is, um, who is your favorite reciter of the Qur'an or favorite qarat?
1: Uh Abdul Wadud Hanif because he's, he's kind of fast and nice. Oh. What's the last book, book that you were reading? Uh, Necessary Endings by Henry Cloud. Your dream breakfast? I'd say like an omelet filled with a lot of stuff and maybe some chocolate croissants on the side.
0: One person you'd love to have dinner with in the metaverse who is alive?
1: Who is alive? Uh, probably the uh, the producer or the creator of the air uh, the Ertuğrul series, the Turkish show. Yeah.
0: Of course, one person yeah. um, who's passed away, not the Prophet ﷺ, yeah. that you would love to you'd love to have dinner with.
1: Uh, one of the sons of Adam, so Habil, or maybe Khadir.
0: That's awesome. If I say um, embarrassing Masjid story, yeah, what comes to mind?
1: Uh, gave an Eid khutbah one time and I gave the first khutbah and came down, thought it was over and started giving salams to everyone and had to get back up, give the second Eid khutbah.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. What's uh, what's the right age to give my child a phone?
1: Uh, you know, unrestricted, uh, I don't think any age, uh, but with a lot of content filtering and restrictions, it depends child by child. It really depends on their maturity level.
0: Ethereum or Bitcoin?
1: Uh, Ethereum, of course, man. Smart contracts. How many NFTs have you purchased? Uh, zero.
0: <laughs> Good, man. Will Meta's metaverse succeed?
1: Uh, Allahu a'lam. Allah knows best, but it, it, it has the potential to succeed.
0: And if Sheikh Mustafa Omar had all the resources in the world to create the ultimate resource for Muslims, what would that resource be?
1: Uh, I think it would be like a, a, a VR-based immersive environment of meeting uh, the best uh Muslims that you can finally find like the top people that you would want to spend an entire weekend with, and you get to spend an entire weekend just absorbing their adab, their character, their behavior. I think that would be the best thing.
0: I'm going to kind of answer that question myself as well. It's a good question. Um, I'd love to recreate some of our forefathers experiences. Like I want to, I want to see, I want to see some of the, um, the circles that they were in the challenges that they faced if i could do that through virtual reality i'd love to i'd love to be beautiful. able to see it and touch it and feel it
1: beautiful
0: me too and i would love that sheikh um barakallah thank you very much and this is actually your first episode on double take but first of many inshallah
1: Alhamdulillah. we'll see you in a virtual Barak. one soon inshallah inshallah